Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Minnesota-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Minnesota artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. I'ma go ahead and rip the band-aid off so the nerds been black since day one. It don't matter. Tonight on The Sound, we hear from hip-hopper Nerdy. Nerdy is a Minneapolis artist with a variety of talents including rapping, singing, and spoken word. With a conscious message delivered with no curses, he defies the conceptions of hip-hop today. Nerdy displays his influences in geek culture as well as socially conscious messages. Tonight we're listening and talking about his latest album, 38th, where he carries the tremendous weight of the murder of George Floyd, channeling it into concise, powerful art. I'm Matt Drury with Nerdy, tonight on KQAL's The Sound. An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. I think that is true of, of, of painters, sculptors, poets, musicians. I, it's what I'm concerned, it's their choice. But I choose to reflect the times and the situations in which I find myself. That to me is my duty. I, and, and, and at this crucial time in our lives, when everything is so desperate, when every day is a matter of survival, I don't think you can help but be involved. Young people, black and white, know this. That's why they're so involved in politics. We will shape and mold this country, or it will not be molded and shaped at all anymore. So I don't think you have a choice. How can you be an artist and not reflect the times? That, to me, is the definition of an artist. Eight minutes, 46. Send them on the river sticks. Anytime you're on your phone, yeah, you see your dad's never coming home, yeah. Oh, 525, another day, another life. Tell me why they're doing it, and why am I so used to this? I've seen things that I can't unsee. These faces, they cling to me. I can't sleep, I can't sleep We got no justice, no we can't have peace They beat us so but they don't want violence They say have some conversations, they really want silence But we can't stay quiet Cause there ain't no hiding from 8 minutes 46 So that was the opening track, 846 Thank you so much for joining me, Matt. This is kind of, this isn't an easy conversation, but it's important. And I think it's really valuable that we have this type of discussion. Yeah, for sure. It's like real important talking and gaining understanding and knowledge and education is like super important, especially when it comes to interpersonal stuff like this. True. Awesome. So starting with 846, how does Mm. the tone and delivery of this song and this album differ from the rest of your discography yeah um when we decided to do this when i decided to make this project um it came off the backs of just everything that's been happening in minnesota and the uprising subsequently after the murder of george floyd and unlike my other projects you know more lighthearted, a little bit more like fun and, and and upbeat i wanted to start off this entire project with like just the weight of what that really was for a lot of people, for me and for just others who saw the video even, and then just start everything with that. So they could understand what the rest of the album was going to be like. Yeah, I kind of noticed, I felt like you made a little bit more conscious of a shift towards singing. Was that sort of an emotional, do you think that that was just the better outlet for you? Yeah, I mean, for something like that, I mean... Black Americans have been singing out their frustration and their problems since, you know, follow the drinking gourd in plantations. The idea that, like, singing, uh, it, like, equates to something in the soul is really big. So 
while I do, you know, I sing throughout all my music, and I, and I do sing later on in, in, the, in the whole project, to start off with this kind of, like, lamentation of the situation that we're in just felt right. Awesome. And what was the initial impact of the murder of George Floyd, George Floyd on you at the time? And what is its legacy for you now? At the time, it was a, just a shattering, sobering reality of just exactly where we are in this country, even after all this time. You know, um, it's one thing, and doesn't change the heinousness of it. It's one thing to see someone be shot, and it's instant and sudden and done. And it's another thing to see a man being choked out in front of onlookers as they beg them not to do it. You know what I mean? It's a very different visual thing for you to grapple with because there's always the concept of, oh, well, if people were there and, oh, if somebody was there to help you, maybe that wouldn't ha happen the way that it happened. And this showed us that it did it. that doesn't sound the case. Um, that there is something structurally wrong and there is a death sentence that comes with being black and doing anything um that just hangs over your head and so that was a very watching that video for that first time i remember being in bed and i, I said to myself okay i've seen you know i've seen black people get murdered by the police before like i, I it'll, i'll be angry but i won't like it won't you know it'll be anger that i recognize and it wasn't that at all it was it was it was a very sobering changing thing and subsequently, it has been the thing that has just motivated me as we continue. I mean, working with uh, different organizations and working with leadership here in the movement in Minneapolis, and then as I write my music, um, it is a turning point. It's a catalyst to an evolution of my being. Like, I'm a different person than I was after I watched this video. And since then, I've been making action to further myself from who I was before. And I wasn't a bad person before. I just had a different sense of the world even and now i'm here hmm. and tell the audience a little bit about the actions you took at the time like i know that you were really involved like mm -hmm. uh, on the ground but uh just let us in on that yeah so um literally that the next day uh the 26th i marched down a cup foods with everybody you know everyone there will marched uh for you know accountability and anger but mostly just demanding justice for what happened and when that turned into an attack by the minneapolis police department a vicious and violent attack on the populace everything kind of changed and so the following day i we saw and not to get into the details but we saw that there are a lot of people out there who were getting hurt just getting hurt, getting uh, either from like wounds sustained from being shot uh, by police with non-lethal rounds or like gas or just basic, you know, falling, uh, getting hit, cars driving crazily, like all this stuff. So I went down and with help of my friends, we I founded this uh, organization called Justice Frontline Aid, where we would provide first aid uh, for protests. And those first weeks, we were just out there basically just doing guerrilla first aid um, for people out in there. We saw some of the most wild things I've ever seen in my life. It was literally a war zone in some cases. And, yeah, and subsequently now we've just changed into, like, a, we're a marshalling service. We still do first aid. We need to make sure we hand out masks and hand sanitizers and, and getting people out there, but doing it in the safest way possible to make sure everybody gets home at the end of the night is our goal. So I've been reading a lot of James Baldwin essays recently, including uh, Notes of a Native Son. And one of the amazing things that I found about it was how timeless the frustration was. And that was written in 1955, mm. and it's glaringly real today, even in the reactions where yeah. he's talking about uh, what happened in Harlem at the time. Do you feel an artistic mm. connection with James Baldwin? I feel like the movement has a, a, a through line. You know, mm -hmm. any, but at any time you start talking about, you know, what happens to black people in America, you feel echoes of these people that came before you, James Baldwin, even Maya, like people like poets like Maya Angelou, mm -hmm. um, like you'll, you'll hear these people speaking, you feel it resonate with what you're doing. And, 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 it, and it's like a continuation. It's why when people, we use the phrase, the civil rights movement is continuing. You know what I mean? This is the stuff that has been happening. You know, um, and artists of all types um, 
have been talking about this in some form or another from as like all the way back to people like B.B. King and, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, freaking Ella Fitzgerald even, you know what I mean? Like these people mm-hmm. who have been singing about whether covertly or overtly um, the black experience has been happening this entire time. So when you see these poets, these speakers, uh, these uh, important pillars of the black movement uh, in our country, it is always kind of nice to hear things echo that ring true. Because you know you're on the right, you're on the right path if it sounds similar to what people who have been fighting for this have been saying. Mm-hmm. And you went down sort of like a, a chronological list there, but if you could just lay out some really influential black voices that you think have made a direct impact on you. I mean, obviously you're going to have the, the people that everybody, you know, is going to say. And just because it's like a cliche thing to say doesn't mean it doesn't, isn't correct. So you have people like Martin Luther King Jr. You have people like Malcolm X, you have people like James Baldwin. Um, also, for me, uh, people like Nina Simone, uh, Maya Angelou, uh, are big influences on me when I listen to some of the stuff. And then we have leaders that are working today that are still making uh, making progress. Um, I, Nikima here in, in Minneapolis, she's a, a powerful leader um, that I've gotten to uh, see here uh, and, and follow as she is boots on the ground here in Minneapolis. It's really great. And then uh, just even my fellow members of JFA who have been out outspoken and uh, making their way in that way. These are, these are all names of people that have spoke to me profoundly. Uh, my grandfather, while he wasn't a activist in some kind of crazy way, Sir Reynolds Allen was, wasn't allowed to walk in the front door of the places that he worked at. Mm. And that was the same man that tucked me into bed at night and he taught me how to be a good person, you know, and his messages and his words ring in my ear just as strongly as, you know, the, I have a dream speech, which I actually have up. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now because mm. it's up in my house. <laughs> I, have, I have a, I have a piece of it up in my house, but, and he would tell me if no one did it for you, then you should be the one to do it for somebody else. And because there is in the black community, this, desire to build the foundation for the generation after you in order for them to be successful because um, that's how we survive in a world that's not designed for us to thrive. And so, yeah, uh, there's so many people. I, I could go on and on and on about like, the people who inspired mm-hmm. me in ways that I really appreciate. So right now we're going to hear Cheat Codes. I really love the hook on this track. Take back the streets, so No justice, no peace, bro We ain't born with cheat codes Just some POC on beast mode And that's all day Haters looking salty Nerdies bout the window That's my nindo, I'm Hokage Woo! Do not test me, I'm like x I still best you on your best day I'm not trying to take your person But I'll text back if they text me I'm like, God, I'm so freaking hot If I flip and breathe I might scare a cop Cause like I'm so freaking scary, I'm a monster dude, I'm so legendary Never losing, steady cruising, try to put me in a and Catch a bruising, hit these muggles with a dukin Going stupid, nerdy nerds are freaking nuisance Why you do it? Well I'll tell you once again That we taking back the streets so No justice, no peace bro We ain't born with cheat codes Just some POC on beast mode we take back the streets, so No justice, no peace, bro We ain't born with cheat codes Just some POC on beast mode Yay! Chewbox the word, Chewbox the dad, Chewbox the man, Chewbox the plan Not a white man, but I got a nice tan Got it from the sun, you don't want none fam Bust with a skin tone, this flow will touch down like an end zone This flow goes so hard on the tempo Don't you know your body is a temple? You know? That's why I respect my glow You don't understand that you never gon' know My power is infinite, isn't it? While you're enslaved to the dividend Simpleton cops living higher than Riverton And I got love in my skin again, thank a guy for the difference yeah. Black power is the defense against these dark arts and the hearts of supremacists So that's why I'm raising my fist again We can go toe-to-toe or fist to cuff yeah. Y'all already told the cops are dangerous yeah. Don't get mad at us when we speak up yeah. Y'all afraid 
still in danger us No without a gang but ain't afraid to bust We will not engage in these entangled mutts You can just stay the same or change with us So just let go of the ledge you were on from the get go And I know it ain't simple But you don't always gotta go with the wind blow I know you can be a man and take a stand for your kinfolk In this land that we built though Shot my man in the back, he was just speaking the truth Yeah, they done did him like that, they be afraid of our crew Our reparations are due, go put my name on a check Make sure you spell it correct, you better find your respect That was the track, Cheat Codes, featuring Tuvok the Word Off the album 38th by Nerdy We're joined today in the studio by Nerdy himself So how can we, as a community, best honor the memory of George Floyd? Whew, that's a big question I think that the first and foremost is that you can support uh, movements and policies that dismantle systematic oppression in where you live or in just in general. Um, if you're taking an interest in local politics and the small stuff, not just the big national things that are easy to follow, but the small things that often get left to the cracks, know who your sheriff is. Know who the leader of the police union is. Know who your mayor and their secretary and their assistant, a lieutenant governor, and all those people. You're going to, in order to honor the memory of George Floyd, you have to help dismantle the actual oppressive system that is continuing to make more people like George Floyd. And then, in a personal basis, I think it would be to take a second or two to think about how it's like to be a person of color in the United States if you're not, if you're not one already. Um, to really, without bias and without a desire to protect yourself from guilt, um, how it might feel for them to exist in, a, in this country now, uh, yesterday, and how it might feel knowing that they're going to wake up in a world that might not have the best, their best interests at heart and use that knowledge to further your actions further on. Wow, that's special. Yeah, like sort of that walk a mile in another person's shoes idea. Wake up mm-hmm. in another person's bed. We'll go through someone's day to day and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And exactly, I, like take time to think about that. Yeah, and I think wow, that's a really, that's a push. That's strong. Mm-hmm. Describe the different headspace this album was born out of or demanded compared to your other projects. <laughs> yeah, is I, I laugh about this with my. Uh, with my DJ, DJ Hayes, uh, when we were making it. <laughs> and I was just like, my shit, I was, I, you know, I've been working on music. I've been working on music. I came into the scene in 2018 and I've just been pushing and pushing and pushing since then. And, um, most of my music is based around either, you know, like, oh man, love yourself. And, oh, we're going to like do stuff. We're going to have fun and, and, and positivity and, and self-love and all that. And it still is. It's just that this was, Ever, I got arrested on the streets of the Capitol, and as I was being zip-tied and stuff, I, I realized, I was like, I can never just be another person that this didn't happen to. And if I, if I were to die tonight, I don't want people to have any doubts into how I felt about this very important issue. I don't want it to go, I don't want it to be able to be nebulous I want it to be clear, crystal clear where I stood. And uh, so ever since that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to come at this a little harder than I would normally. And I struggled with that for a little bit while we were writing. I would went back and forth. I was like, oh man, what if my fans aren't like going to be into it? You know, I'm a guy who does like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh references. I talk about Digimon. Like, I don't think people are going to want to hear me talk about, you know, police brutality. But, um, (laughs) After getting it all out and really writing it down and sitting with it and, and hearing some of the features of my of my friends and my uh, peers that are really been speaking into this, I was like, you know what? No, this was the right call. And then we got 38th, and we'll have Chicago Avenue as it comes as it drops too. That's exciting. Yeah, and I could really hear that, especially in the closing track where you were sort of grappling with that weight that this is not the easy thing, but it is the right thing. And I think that really yeah. comes through and is an important and it adds a lot of meaning. Thank you. I, I, I would, I would hope so. It meant a lot to me, and yeah, and, and it's been nice. I, I have, you know, you, you lose people, but um, who you gain are the people who are really going to help you when it matters, and that's what I think is important. Hmm. 
So talking about your DJ, how did your production choices on this album contrast from others that you've made before? And how did it help to complement the subject mm. matter and create a narrative around 38th? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I went out of my way to work with black artists and uh, just like I, I, I was like, all right. I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to make sure I do that. So black producers, black artists, uh, I'm going to try to find a way to do that. So they already had, they already knew what I was talking about. I didn't have to like try and, you know, convince oh, them yeah. or try yeah. to like think about it. Oh, you know, like they were like, Oh yeah, Nope. I know exactly what that is. Um, so that was helpful. And then also just tapping into the, the anger, the, the harshness, the little bit more rawness of the tracks and then really pushing myself to not perform in a way that is going to be marketable, but a way that is honest. And if it happens to be marketable, great. You know what I mean, uh, that was the difference and not that there's anything wrong with being marketable. That's great. Like you, like you're going to want, if you're an artist, you want people to want to listen to your music and yeah. use you for things and all that stuff. That's great. And there's something to be said about that. Um, but for this particular project, I was like, all right, even if nobody likes it, I need to be able to do it 100% as raw as I can so that um, it really comes across. And I think that I did that. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from, where this album is almost more so for you than for anyone else to listen mm -hmm. to. But I think through that, mm -hmm. that you can feel that how genuine it is. And I think that really resonates mm -hmm. with a lot of people. That's great, because that's what I was hoping for. That worked out well. <laughs> so we're going to hear the next track, Black Kid, White Town. Está fumando maconha de novo? Interviews, they're confused what my name is Every brother's on a first name basis My mom cut my hair cause they hate me at Great Clips And they're no safe spaces To escape from the looks on their faces And the ones that can swear that they wave to the black mailman So they can't be a racist And Jay-Z's on their playlist And you know that he's not but you fake it Cause you smile and you nod cause you're wanting the job And you swallow the last of your patience But the next one who touches my hair Is gonna get smacked it's not a threat. It's not a threat. It's a fact. Black kid, white town. Black kid, white town. Black kid, white town. Black kid, black kid, white town. Black kid, white town. Black kid, white town. Black kid. Second part of the song. 911 when I'm passing the lawn. Still a long way from the fields where I'm from. Take a look at your son. Taking mass at the bra, man. Hey. You know she look real fine. Pours a lens skin and her hair like wine. Okay. She came up to me and she looked in my eyes and she said we could date when her grandma dies. Yeah, cause she really wasn't having it. See me saying grace over plates, couldn't fathom it. Silverware disappears from the cab gone. Real dad's cool stepdad isn't having it. Yo, and that's really the gist of it. Her mama says that I'm really articulate on. They tell me, son, we're so impressed and we get that you're one of the good ones. And that is just that. And she tells me, Matt, it's funny you rap, cause like really, I don't even see you as black. Black kid, white town. That was Black Kid White Town off the album 38th by Nerdy. We got Nerdy in the studio with us right now. Going to give us some thoughts on what it was like growing up as a black kid in a white town. Yes, I love that track. It was it's a great track. Really Making nice. a music video for that track. Oh, is that did that? Yeah. Come, did I miss that or is that coming? It's not out, out yet. No, no, it's coming out soon. It's oh, the biggest endeavor I've ever made video wise like it's a lot <laughs> we it was like five thousand so no it was like wait no what was it 50k amount of equipment that we used wow <laughs> it was, it's it's probably the most ambitious endeavor i've ever done wow that's exciting yeah i'm very excited about it so if you had to pair this album 38th with two other works to form a trilogy describing the current state of race relations in America, what would they be? Well, outside of Chicago Avenue, which hasn't dropped yet, but is designed to be its you know counterpart mm -hmm. um, to everything that's going on, or at least its continuation. 
If I had to pick two works that are currently out right now that you could listen to, listen to this and listen to something else, I would probably say To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm, of course. And uh, because that's a lot of my, a lot of what I was listening to was Kendrick at that, as, as I was like trying to figure out how I wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. And, and really that, that uh, particular album really pushes me in that way. A masterpiece. And then I would say, I'm trying to think race relations in regards to, yeah, if you do the Pimp a Butterfly 38th and then like, honestly, as weird as this might that, and it might sound like it's the same thing because it's kind of like a lot of it's written by the same guy, mm-hmm. but the Black Panther soundtrack. Hmm. And if you could throw in, if you could throw in uh, Lemonade by Beyonce from parts, because <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of that, just like this fierce, unapologetically black um, moment, as well as like people just talking about specific instances, all of that happening all at the same time. Uh, though that would be my, that's where I would want people to put this into, uh, and really hear the heart of the people as this was going on. Hmm. And, uh, let me give you from my uninformed perspective, what I think, and I want to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. on it. So I think it, I'll pair yeah. this with public enemies, fear of a black planet and Tupac's yeah. apocalypse now. No, definitely. Those are also like, those are great. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that when people were to listen, I, I do a lot more singing. That's why I usually kind of like put myself yeah, yeah. in the more of like the singing groupy people. But like, yeah, like that's the energy. It's just very, it's, it's the very same energy. There was an interview that Tupac did a while back where he was explaining the difference between the movement as it started and the movement where it is now and why it sounds so aggressive. Where he was talking about, you know, when people were singing and dancing, hey, please give us some food. Hey, da, da, please give us some food. And it eventually evolved into like, yo, we're taking your food, and we're like, we don't, we're not asking anymore. Like, we, like this is what we are demanding. Mm-hmm. And it comes from years of neglect. And that interview, I think I've watched that interview like a hundred times, uh, because like he so Tupac so eloquently explained to the person that he was talking to why hip-hop specifically has evolved into something that's more aggressive in his time um where it where before you know it was a lot about like black parties and having out hanging out and being in the disco or not mm-hmm. um it has it is it is grown and uh changed into this other thing it could still be fun there's still be about hanging out the disco too but um that's where this comes from so right here we're going to go into break chains In the backseat, a cab like a taxi. Got no time to be pussyfooting, but I whip out claws like the backseat. I know haters be pissed off, talking all with their back sheets. And if you got a problem, it's nerdy rocks. And yo, I don't care if you at me. Got no time for no racist. Get my blood from them slave ships. Black and proud, and I'll say it loud. We be wild and out, you can't fake this. Muggles try, but can't catch the beat. Haters clapping on one and three, but we gon' rain. We break a change. Just wait and see, just wait and see. You ain't finna stop me. You ain't finna you ain't finna stop me, you ain't finna stop me, yeah, you ain't finna stop me, you ain't finna stop me, you ain't finna stop me, you ain't finna stop me. Yes, I am, yes, I am, another grandson of the island boy on my granddad, my granddaddy. Never gonna stop, gonna hear my voice, this ain't no time. This is my melanin, yes, I be telling them, never my skin for a minute, I'm a rebelin', black don't crack it, I rap freaking heavenly, but I'm hot as hell. I'm so goddamn pretty, I can't help myself, but I'm from my city, black boy ring that bell, sorry I'm not sorry, we might crush your party, my friends on Jabari, and it's challenge day, I'm still on that wave, 12 can't bring me down, shout it on my face, mind your business, we gon' win this, we be royalty, We break chains to the masters. We won't change, so don't ask us. We go fight cause we has to. You will never get past us. Shout it out to the rafters. We break chains to the masters. We break chains to the masters. We break chains to the masters. We won't change, so don't ask us. We gon' fight cause we has to. You will never get past us. Shout 
Chains by Nerdy off his recent album, 38. We're joined in the studio right now by Nerdy to give us some thoughts. That's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about Break Chains and how it is your favorite track, as you said. It's my favorite track. of. Uh, I just, I hate everything about it, man. Uh, it was the one where, uh, so after we did Misdemeanor, uh, and, and you can listen to Misdemeanor, and in Black Kid, White Town, me and my DJ, we looked at each other and we're like, oh, this is real. This is a real thing. And then after we finished Break Chains, we were like, wow, this might actually be the best work we've ever done. Like, this might actually be, like, the best album I've ever done. Um, and Break Chains, it's just, it's got all the things that a nerdy song has, but the focus is firmly in what's happening around us right now. We start off talking about me being arrested, talking about how... Um, 100% unapologetically like, yo, you know, ACAB, we're done with this nonsense. Like, this, is, this has to stop. And then it transitions into, you know, loving myself um, as a black man, third-generation American. My grandfather immigrated from Jamaica. You know, and my grandmother on my dad's side was like, was, like, came from slave stock. Like, we were, I was built here. Like, this my country is built off of the backs of my family and to celebrate that and be like, yeah, I'm not going to stop and you're not going to be able to stop me. Uh, Cause remember right after I got out of jail, I went right back um, to running the food shelf that we had put together out of modest brewing in Minneapolis. And then I was out right back out helping people because uh, I wasn't going to stop just because I was put in jail and breaking chains is a good symbolism. You can see that on like a Luke Cage picture. He's always breaking, breaking through bondage, breaking through like adversity, like the idea of, of breaking your own chains and continuing to fight is so powerful. So that's my favorite song album. It slaps. We're dancing around. You know, we got the mate, we got the Mbaku chant from Black Panther in there. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's my favorite thing we have. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and in your opinion, what are the steps forward and what role can music or art have in producing real change? I think the steps forward, obviously, changes in local government is a big, is a big one. No matter where your local government is, the people that are going to affect your day-to-day -day and your neighbor's day-to-day -day are more likely those people, the sheriffs, the police union people, the your governor, your, your mayor, the, those people are going to affect your neighbor's lives much more immediately than some people in the federal government. So that's a big step forward is focusing on how you can affect your neighborhood for a uh, better change and working on that. Also, um, music can play a huge role in helping that narrative and shaping people's understanding Artists can take their platform that they have and inform people of things that are going on um, and use their ability to reach a large amount of people to help them understand the plights of others. You know, like I have a significant following and I'm able to be like, hey, 
These are the things that are important. Um, these are how these are the people that we need to help right now, uh, and that does help. And making music for people to feel inspired to. Most recently, when we were trapped on ninety four uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department and State Patrol, uh, they had kettled us onto the highway, and we were there was a lot of fear in the room. And then when the DJ started playing music, everybody loosened up and it turned into the largest dance party and the largest arrest in Minnesota history, by the way, but <laughs> the largest dance party uh, to happen. And music did a really good job of like channeling that positive. We will not be moved energy. And I think if more artists can do that, uh, if uh, artists that aren't black or brown or BIPOC or whatever we're saying, if artists that aren't those people can take the time to like let people have that, you know, that's another big thing. It's hard to do in the Midwest. We have a lot of amazing artists, white artists out here. But it's like maybe now's the time for you to lift up your your peers and be like, hey, uh, if you haven't listened to them, now's the time. Uh, because that could really help elevate some people and put them into places where they can create more influence for more change. I like that. And I really think the the local government thing is so important. It's so easy to get distracted by the large so scale mm-hmm. when our day-to-day and even the hearts of those around us are, you know, that's the mm-hmm. things that we can have an impact on and will have an, yeah, the biggest impact on us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Your local government, your town, you know, your city council, all of that stuff is going to affect what happens in your neighborhood. Um, but like, you know, national stage is great. You should be paying attention to that too. It has long-term ramifications for us as a country, but as for your neighbor, the one who's going to be like the police is going to show up in their place. You're going to want to know what that police precinct is about. You're going to want to know what the mayor of your town is about so that you can have a direct impact on their life. Awesome. And what does it take to maintain as unrelenting of a release and touring schedule like you do? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So I recently given up doing caffeine, which was a crazy time to do it, I can tell you what. Um, But, yeah, it requires a team around you of people, both music uh, supporters and just people in your life that can support you. Uh, My partner is amazing and reminding me to eat (laughs) and go to bed. (laughs) Because if I didn't, I would be always up. Like I would would be always up and, you know, and having people who are dedicated to making things work for you is great. So having a good team around you is a really good way to maintain a schedule. And then, yeah, I always say take five seconds, set a day, that you're going to do your work, you're going to do your work. So you know that even if I get lost in the shuffle every Sunday, I go through all my emails, I hit everybody back, I make sure that a week doesn't go by without me saying something. And doing shows and stuff, it's just all about practice. Practice. Practice, practice your music so that you're not worrying about whether you do the song right when it's time to go. You just worry about what kind of performance you have. Uh, I think that is a big thing, especially for young up-and-coming artists. The difference between uh, getting booked for the big show and not is whether or not you were you get you put on a good performance that day, and whether you put on a good a performance, a lot deals with how well you know your music. If you can, if you've practiced enough that it's all second nature to you, then you can show up anytime, any place. They call you the next day and say, "Hey, we need you to be at U.S. Bank Stadium at 11:30, like just do a thing," and you can just go out there and do it. You don't have to worry about it. Nice. So, sort of drop us all your plugs here, real quick. Your your social media, your email, and also your organization that you're working with. How people can help out with social justice on a local level, on mm-hmm. a state level, on a national level even? Of course. So I'll start off with the, with Justice Frontline Aid because they are the, the most brave, the most selfless people that I have been able to work with. Um, Justice Frontline Aid, we are a group of individuals. We're working on being a nonprofit uh, that helps people in protest areas, helps people uh, with all of, like with food needs, helps people all across the Midwest. Uh, including Wisconsin, because we went out to uh, Kenosha. Uh, we've been all over the we've been all over the map here. Uh, you can go to justicefrontlineaid.org online, and you can find out all of our information, how to donate, how to get involved, 
uh, learn a little bit more about protests uh, and, and protest education, all that, justicefrontlineaid.org or at uh, justicefrontlineaid on Instagram. Uh, we have an Instagram there. We also have a Twitter at JSA underscore tweets. And you can hit us up there if you have more questions or just want to say, hey, you guys rock. We appreciate that. Um, and as for me, as for Nerdy, the dude, uh, you can find me at Nerdy Rocks, N-U-R-D Rocks, like multiple Dwayne Johnsons, on all social media. So that's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's uh, TikTok, because I'm on TikTok now because I'm cool. And uh, <laughs> you can email me at nerdymusic uh, at Gmail. But also, if you go to nerdyrocks.com, you can just hit me up right on there. It goes right to my phone. So, yeah, hit me up on nerdyrocks.com and see a bunch of pictures and videos and just see all the weird stuff that I got going on. So before we say goodbye, we're going to hear goodbye, the closing track on your album. I love this so much. It's just so poignant. We just heard Goodbye by Nerdy off his recent album, 38th. Goodbye is a unique goodbye from a unique artist to a unique album. We talked a little with Nerdy about the process and what it meant to him. So lead me through the narrative that led up to the creation of 38th and how Goodbye is the fitting end to it and also how we move forward from here. Yeah, so 38th was a combination of my my feelings of everything that's been happening here in Minneapolis, in the Twin Cities, since the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent things that I've seen from being out and in all of these crazy instances uh, and watching people 
uh, fight for their rights and fight for their freedom and their lives. Um, and goodbye ended that. And I, and I didn't write goodbye. I just walked up to the mic and said it. Um, so there wasn't, it didn't, there wasn't a writing process for that one. It was a, I wanted to get everything off my chest and put a definitive stamp on it. So when people would hear it at the end of the day, they'd hear like, Hey, let me talk to you for a second, because it was very different than a lot of my other work. It was similar in a lot of ways, but it was, it was very direct. And I could see, I guess in my head, I could imagine people just being like, what's going on? And I wanted to, again, make it crystal clear. If all the songs could be taken in a different way, if anybody, you know, if they wanted to do all or whatever, or they wanted to skip through it only to the ones they wanted to dance to, at the least, at the very least, they'd hear it and know that I basically said, hey, this is what's going on now. There is no turning back from this. This is what I'm about. Um, I still might make, you know, I'm still going to make songs about cartoons and video games for sure. But if you were listening to Nerdy because I wasn't going to make you feel challenged about uh, the things going on in our world, then that's, this is no longer the place for you. And I wanted to say goodbye to those people um, and let people know that there was, that I was okay with losing those fans if that was going to be the case, because I'd rather have people who are here to love and support and respect everybody. Wow. Yeah. And I think that earnestness comes across so, so clearly. It's fascinating that you did that in one take and it makes sense. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I was like, yeah, this is, I know I'm going to say a little bit of, say something and I feel like people, it's just, first of all, it's just good, man. As you say, hello, you say goodbye. So, you know, as someone who understands how important it is for uh, that fans uh, contribute to a young artist, like, again, like I'm, I'm still relatively new in comparison to some of my peers and just like people all over the place. And, you know, I, I wanted to show the respect for some of these people getting me where I am now. Um, but just because I was a safe pick, um, I can't continue to be just a safe pick for you. If that's what it's going to be, uh, I have to talk about the things I need to talk about. So yeah, I wanted to respect those people and, and, and thank them for the, their, uh, everything they've put in my life and everything they've put into my music career and then say goodbye if they choose to no longer mess with me now that we've taken this uh, step for change. That's fascinating. I don't think many artists often directly speak to their listeners that manner. Well, I think more people should. <laughs> I think more people should. They are our uh, they are our employers and our suppliers, and we're we are in a very interesting relationship. Us, our artists, and the people that listen to our art. We it's a symbiotic relationship, and it's important to maintain honesty throughout. And in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, that's really powerful. So what's next in the rollout of 38th? And you mentioned you had a sort of a successor to it coming out. So tell us a little about yeah. that. Yeah, Chicago Avenue. Chicago Ave is coming out um, very soon, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. And that is, it's a, con- it's a continuation of the conversation, more, more, more perspectives, more uh, thought-provoking pieces, more uh, people speaking into what's going on out here. So it's another, it, it is a, it is a sequel. It is a continuation of the conversation and I'm very excited for it. Uh, that is the next big thing that's coming out from the nerdy camp. Uh, and I, yeah, it's got so many more artists on it. Lieutenant Sonny, uh, uh Minnesota, destiny Roberts, uh, Brandon Paulfish again, who came back for a second, second track, uh, just Wolf, a lot of really amazing artists, black artists here in Minnesota and beyond who are just speaking on what's happening and just kind of this growth, both reconciliation, but also continuation of the movement, which I'm very excited about. Awesome. And just a closing question. What's the best advice you've ever received? And what is the best advice you can give as far as educating people on what's going on? Mm. The best advice I've ever received. Ooh, okay. Um, the best advice I've ever received 
is. Hmm. Well, actually, I'll give you. I'll give my advice, and then I'll, then I'll come back to the best advice I've ever given. Mm-hmm. So, my advice um, is comes out of maybe this is the best advice I've ever seen, and I would want to give it anyway. Um, from the pages of Amazing Fantasy Number One, from a one Uncle Ben Parker, and it is with great power comes great responsibility, and I feel like more people need to live in that mind frame. If you have the power to do something, you have a responsibility to do it. And I feel like the more you can, the more you can see where you have power, the more you can see where people are in need and you can go step out and step up. Uh, we all, if you have the ability to just move on your own power, you have like under your own volition, that is something. And you have a responsibility to use that power to make the world a little bit of better place than it was when you went to bed. And if I can give anyone that kind of advice, it'd be that is to see where you have power, see where you have privilege, see where you have ability and how can you use those things to better the world around you? If you can sing, if you're an artist, are you making music that edifies people? Are you making music that is going to uplift the world? It doesn't have to necessarily be positive all the time, but like, is it going to better someone or are, is it music that's putting people down? Is it music that's hurting people? I think that as an artist is a big, a big uh, thing that we need to do and think about as we continue forward. That's amazing. (laughs) Especially that you circled it back around to the super superhero metaphor. You truly are nerdy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I. This is what it is, man. I can, you can take a you can take a nerd out of the comic book shop, but you can't take the comic book shop out of the nerds. I'm telling. <laughs> awesome. So, any final notes for the listeners? Yo, um, I appreciate all of you who listen to the music. Obviously, like you know, do the whole thing, like it, uh, follow on the thing, stream it. Every little bit helps, especially now in this pandemic. We're in a very crazy time. So artists are looking for as much support as you can give. And I would be internally grateful if you spent a little bit of time listening to my music, following me on Patreon, doing any of the things that would help that way. But ultimately, if you only have five minutes of the day for yourself, uh, take a little bit of time and be good to yourself. And that way you can be good to others. That is what I would like to say to y'all, because you are loved. And that's important to know. Thanks again to Nerdy for joining us tonight on The Sound. For more info on him or to join the Nerdy Club, go to nerdyrocks.com or check him out at Nerdy Rocks on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's N-U-R-D, Rocks. For more conversations on local or regional music, tune into The Sound, Wednesday nights at 6, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Matt Drury, and we just heard from Matt Allen, better known as Nerdy, on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.